right there's two things you don't touch in my house my b-roll or my b-hole What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and tonight I got coming in clutch, Kalai. How you doing? What up, everybody? I missed you guys. Yeah. Yes. Can't wait to talk about what I've been playing. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> good Lord, man. She, she said she was thirsty earlier, but goodness. All right. And then we have a guest for the first time. He actually is a real person. I'm <laughs> very pleased to say, at least from the shoulders up, he looks real. Uh, we have the writer of Apollyon 20XX. We have the writer of the upcoming Godfoe Universe, um, the books. You wrote the 88-page Lamentations. Is it 88 yes. pages? Okay. Uh, we have like 81 to 88, something like that. Yeah, somewhere around there. 80-plus page Lamentations. We have the one, the only. It's Dan Evans. How you doing, brother? Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. I guess I probably should have said you're a writer for Legacy Comics. Like That probably also is important for people to know that, like, you you work for a comic book company now, so that's pretty dope. Oh yeah, I got the big boy pants on. You just that's can't right. see them because it's from the waist up. Anyways, you know what? Well, on the podcast, we're not required to wear pants. So, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for like five or six years. I've never worn pants on the show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be bad. So, um, uh, one other thing too, and our audience may know some of your work outside of the books. If you are in the Loot Bros podcast Facebook group, then you have seen the wonderful Batman collage that Dan sent to me with the uh, the giant Joker symbol, another Joker, the uh, the Riddler. Uh, Riddler symbol, and everything yeah. after the Batman movie. So <laughs> that made me smile. That was so freaking cool. And my wife, who she gets what we do here, yeah, kinda, but doesn't necessarily get what we do here, like. And she's pretty cool about it, you know? And like he, he takes his pants off and talks into a microphone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. I tell her that all the time. Um, but, uh, but so when, whenever that came in the mail, she was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and to rival it, uh, I got a, I got a package in the mail one time. One of our listeners sent me a PlayStation Vita game. Uh, and inside the booklet, he drew me a cartoon stick figure with boobies. Nice. <laughs> was, it, was he 12? <laughs> um, no, but it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's still in the case. <laughs> That's when I inevitably... He obviously has never listened to our show if he asked if he was 12. <laughs> We're all 12 here. We're all 12. I caught, so, uh, I, no, I caught the... Uh, the, the the episode where everybody was telling their favorite poop stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what we're known for here. So it's uh, it's pretty good stuff. So that being said, Dan, we're glad to have you. Um, this is kind of continuing mm -hmm. uh, this uh, series of interviews we're doing. Now, the the focus is not necessarily on you guys, you know, but having you here and giving you a chance to pimp your stuff, talk about what you got going on. 
is, of course, the idea. But we're bringing you guys on not as a strict interview per se, but as a a friend, a family member of the Loot Bros. Come in here, talk shot with us, pimp your stuff, and then take a hike and get out of here. All right. So all right. if you're listening, this is the Loot Bros podcast. We talk video games, we talk comics, we talk wrestling, baby. CJ, I'm styling. Get ready. We got some we got some wrestle talk coming your way. Uh but we have a Patreon. If you have not ever checked out our Patreon, you should definitely do so. You get all kinds of awesome perks on the Patreon. You get extra episodes monthly. You get deep dives monthly. You get exclusive access, early access to all of the Loot Bros comic cast, the little comic book spinoff show that we do, uh, where we come together. Sometimes it's me and Josh. Sometimes it's me and Patrick. Sometimes it's you know, me and uh, my cousin Zach, whoever. We, we review uh, comic books. Right now I'm doing a series of uh, New 52 villain takeovers where I'm reading the books and reviewing them. There are shorter episodes. You guys get all that stuff, uh, early access to that. And the most important thing is you get voting power on the monthly, semi-monthly uh, Loot Bros game clubs. So this past episode, we just did the first ever official Loot Bros game club. We knocked out Dead Space, had a lot of great write-ins. We had a lot of great conversation. Clive, if you didn't listen to it, you should definitely go back and check it out. Same for you, Dan. I don't know if you guys like Dead Space. Clyde, I know you played it, but... I know, and I was very upset that I couldn't be on that episode, guys. Like, I really, really wanted to be there. I actually... I was so excited to start this. I actually played the game. I, I didn't like Dead Space the first time I played it. I'm like... Um, I was like, just play for a few minutes just so you could talk about it. Well, I wound up beating the entire game. Yep, so I'm like, great. I did it. I did it for Daryl. And then I couldn't be on the episode. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you... you you know, bail on the show to go buy weed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, definitely check out the game club episode so far. It's doing pretty well download wise. Uh, but the next game club episode we'll be doing will be the week of November 3rd. All right. I'm giving you guys two months to knock out ghosts of Su- ghost of Tsushima. So, that was the episode voted on by the patrons. So, I announced all that in the last episode. If you, for whatever reason, missed that one and you're jumping into this one, November 3rd, I'll be pimping that out each and every week, kind of coming up. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of the majority of the news. Uh, We do have a sponsorship slash partnership with uh, Ted's Collectibles. If you guys use the promo code DLOOTBROS on their Etsy store, which I'll put links to all that in there, we have these they they make these awesome like collectible cards. Um, Claude, did I put did I post the picture of that stuff in the group? In our, in in our, our private talk? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> you made that sound way, way more inappropriate than it really is. So, I'm very sorry. <laughs> Due to current situations, everything that comes out of my mouth is out dirty. <laughs> All right. So here's uh, what it is. Dan, I'm gonna send this to you too. All right, Kalai, I just put this uh, fresh in our groups. So here it is. Yeah, you did put it in there. I was remember I asked because he, he makes oh, these right, trading PC. cards yeah. and I wanted to know if he made PC because you know, PC Master Race. Yeah, well you actually have to uh, play games on the PC Master Race and you have to get those uh, Steam achievements to make it worth your while. But uh, Ted's collectibles. He makes uh, collectible trading cards for your favorite or most valuable um, platinums, uh, trophies, achievements, things of that nature. And I'll be posting pictures in the Facebook group and in the Discord. And I'll put the links in the bio of the show. But these things are really, really cool. So he sent me five 
of my favorite platinums that I've, that I've achieved. And basically, I'm going to describe this to you guys, uh, to you listeners. But it is a, a trading card like you would expect, like a magic card or a Pokemon card or something of that nature. But it has like the logo or the picture of the game that you're playing, the trophy or achievement icon in the corner, your gamer tag at the bottom, and then on there it has stats. Now, those stats are the rarity, the date you earned the, the trophy or achievement, and the amount of hours it took you to get it. And then you have like a star rating system. So what I did, all of mine are five stars because these are all my favorite platinum. So I got Resident Evil 5, Dying Light, Call of Duty Ghost, uh, Spec Ops The Line, and Injustice 2. So these are super nice quality cards. Ted's collectibles. You can find them on eBay, Etsy, Instagram. Um, but they're super, super great people. The Loot Bros Podcast, or excuse me, The Loot Bros is the promo code. And right now, do we want to try to make this man some good money? Go for it. Okay, send this to Tricky because he doesn't listen to our stuff and pays attention and show him what you just got. I guarantee he will buy 200 collectibles (laughs) of all his anime (laughs) titty games. (laughs) So I did send it to Tricky yesterday or the day before, and I was like, look, check this out, bro. And sure enough, he went and looked it up. He goes, man, I would spend like $200 on all these freaking, uh, <laughs> all these cheap platinum games. He said it would cost me more for the cards than it would be for the games that I paid for. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, definitely check that stuff out. And like I said, I'll be posting pictures in the Facebook group and on the Discord. Uh, so you guys can check it out. It's pretty cool stuff. I like them. I think I'm going to put together like a little, like a, yeah, people have like their their favorite trading cards in like a like a sleeve, like a binder with like a sleeves or whatever. They're gonna get me one of those and start it for all my favorite um platinums. Uh and I was thinking because like I've always told myself I want to platinum all the Resident Evil games, but then when I go to do it, I get really annoyed because their trophy list kind of suck. And I love playing the games, I love the stories, but man, their trophy list, some of them are just freaking total garbage. And uh, so I was, li- I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, what better way to finally, you know, force myself to do it than now? It's like I can get the trophies, get the platinums, and then get myself a collectible card made showing, hey, you did the thing. And it's pretty dope. So hope you guys think that, hope you guys think that stuff is as cool as I think it's cool. I think I said stink instead of think, but you know what? We're going to go with it. So here we go. Each and every week when we start the show, we like to crack open a toast. We like to celebrate good things in gaming. Good new. Oh, I just got a trophy. Trophy. Um, we like to celebrate things that are going on in our lives. <laughs> and so, uh, and we also like to celebrate our Patreon producers. So this month's toast goes out to MZ Nitro. My name is Effing Mayo and the king of the True Achievements Leaderboard, Sadik. For being our Patreon producers. And Clyde, you said you wanted to uh toast to taxes and tea? Yes. We should tax uh, we tax we should <laughs> <laughs> We should toast to Queen Elizabeth. Um unfortunately today she passed away, which is a great sadness for the British people. Daryl is laughing. I'm trying not to laugh. I am so sorry for our UK listeners. <laughs> I know, I got a I got a joke with that. I think it was Josh that posted somebody said God save the Queen and he's like, Yeah, it's too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for checking out the show. Here we go. Uh oh, that's a good pop. Oh man, that's really good. Oh my god, I can't open my soda. <laughs> <laughs>
So what's funny is Kalal was like, hey, we got a lot of UK listeners. We should toast to the queen. I said, I wouldn't mind doing that. I said, uh, I was like, I can't do that because of my freedom. Yeah, we fought a war so we don't have to do that. That's what I told her. I was like, wait a minute. I said, we left England. There's no turning back now. (laughs) I was giving her a hard time in the messenger group, right? And I was, you know, making taxes and tea jokes or whatever. (laughs) I didn't expect to. I still can't open my soda. You know what? This episode, you couldn't hear my soda. Sorry, Queen. Couldn't even open a drink for you. I mean, the English don't like toast to the Saxons. That's right. Maybe they do. Maybe maybe the uh, English podcast over there, they're like, ah, pulling out for our uh, American brothers that we lost all those yeah. years ago. <laughs> we miss you guys. We miss you cousins. We took, we took a lot of Irish from them, so I think they're happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, good riddance. <laughs> you can keep the tea. It's on us. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, what are we even doing here, man? That's a good guy. We're supposed to be talking about video games. All right, check it out. <laughs> Dan, you're the guest. Now, I know that you play some magic. Oh, I yeah. know that you write comics. Yeah. Uh, oh, you, you play-, play Magic the Gathering? Yeah, I only have uh, three decks right now because I sold. I didn't get into Commander until recently. I had, uh, like, I guess, whatever you want to call basic before. Uh-huh. Like 60 card, and I had several of those decks years ago. I sold them, got married, had kids. Um, get busy, get poor. Yeah, <laughs> so I finally, yeah, I finally got where I could build some more, uh, some commander deck. So I just got back into it like six months ago. Sweet, yeah, I know you were just on uh, my good friend John Michael. You were on uh, yeah. his uh, his little Twitch show, his little podcast thing. He's got great, going yeah, on. great, great people. <laughs> <That was fun. laughs> what happened? Jim from downstairs and told him I can't open my soda. He's up here. He's standing next to me trying to open it and now he's laughing. <laughs> is, it a, is it like a glass bottle and you're trying no, to No, it's like a plastic bottle. Maybe you should just give me one of your ginger ales. I could pop that a much easier. <laughs> you should just, cu- just cut the top off. Just, <laughs> just give yeah. it a nice <laughs> At this point, yeah, just penetrate the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna uh, show up on the track laughing hysterically. Uh, all good, all good. <laughs> so yeah, so you were on uh, John Michael's little show, uh, trying yeah. casually EDH, mm-hmm. and uh, I know he said he's getting, he's really trying hard to launch a uh, a gaming show, a gaming spinoff, trying casually video game. So oh nice, I'm hoping he's a great I'm guy. He'll do it. Yeah, he's a good dude. I like that guy. We we worked together uh, several times, several years, and a couple different times. And uh, he's a good dude. We stay in contact pretty pretty much daily, uh, every other day or so, sending each other memes, talking trash. He's always <laughs> he's always talking about putting stuff in his butt though. That's the weirdest thing. Is always hey, more power everything's to always twenty twenty two man. I guess you can put whatever you want wherever you want. So, but do For you do anybody any- <laughs> that is hearing my husband breathing hard? I swear he's just trying to open his Nah, a girl just got banned from Twitch for that. So whatever. <laughs> She's back though. It's been seven days. Oh yeah, seven day ban for uh, heavy breathing. All right, so Dan, do you <laughs> play any game? Uh, I gotta start with this. I used to. I was a big, big gamer until about uh, t- until I turned like twenty two and I had to go back to school and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm a big Pokemon fan. 
I still get into every single one of those games. I'm one of those suckers that buys it and then complains about it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I still have all my retro games. I have the, the NES, the SNES, 64, had a PlayStation 2, Dreamcast. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. All that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I'm making a video game for the Godfrey universe. That takes up all the time I was going to game. So, I, I basically play Pokemon while I watch Breaking Bad at night until I fall asleep. <laughs> hey, that's, that's but good I, stuff right I there. Keep, I keep up on the stuff. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of... And I know you guys are huge fans, and that's great. But I got sick of video games looking super realistic when I wanted them to look not like the real world that sucks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's easy. Just play Nintendo. Yeah. Every game. Yeah, I want bad graphics and bright colors, damn it. <laughs> no, I, I say that in jest, but like I, I, I can't get back into it. I, I liked first person shooters for a long time. I enjoyed Overwatch. I played it with my friends for a while. I didn't buy it. I kind of borrowed it from them because I knew if I did buy it, I'd be up till four in the morning before work every day. I would just get obsessed and I'd get really good at it, but I would like get a divorce. <laughs> yeah. But no, I am, I am a, I, I guess a gamer in the old school sense. I just, if I'm going to play, it's going to be on, <laughs> if I am going to play, if I am going to play, it's going to be on PC and it's going to be on steam. I still have my steam account. Okay. I love this man. <laughs> you say that Kali, but you know, I have, like, I have an alien where if that means anything. Okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I have my own computer. I got really lucky last year. I had a 2080 Ti computer with an i7-9. Last year, right around Christmas time, I was at work and my husband texted me. He's like, I just entered a, twi- a Twitter contest and won a 3080 graphics card and oh, the nice. brand new motherboard you wanted. So we're going to have to build you a new computer. <laughs> nice, nice. You know what else is nice? I just got a trophy. <laughs> I do have a friend that I need to recommend to the to the show for you that you've got to get this guy on. He's the drummer in my band. His name is Zeke. He is a genius. He distills moonshine for a living. He reinvented the entire chemistry for it. He uh, is at uh Well, sugar, I'll be friends with him. Yeah, Sugar Tit <laughs> Moonshinery in uh in sugar Greer, South Carolina. Moon. But he is like you know, like those guys like Gerard the completionist and those kind of dudes that yeah. complete you know, he's that guy but better. Like he, I think he beat a uh, Elden Ring in like less than a week. Um, I think he hundred percented it. I think he did the Ghost of Tsushima. He killed. I think I want to send you his YouTube channel because he he will rarely put stuff up there. But he's like he'll do, he'll like one shot bosses like one time through from like Elden Ring and that stuff and just throw it up there. He is Sweet. a brilliant player, like ridiculously good. Yes, yeah, any more way, dude. We'd love to have him on. Yeah, anyway. That's dope. Yeah, um, somewhere between the sugar tip moonshine and Kali uh, finally popping her cap, I, I got a little, <laughs> I got a little lost in the sauce. <laughs> but, but so you're a retro gamer, all right, yeah. and you're making a game. Now I did know yeah. that you guys were working on a game for the Godfo universe. Do you got any, uh, any, in, anything you want to drop on that little, little, little drop a little? Yeah, line? it's a, it's kind of like a 16 bit SNES throwback. Um, okay. like top down, you see your character, uh. I'll share this. I didn't because I know the in, the indie game scene is kind of super competitive. But I don't think people could replicate it the way I did, the way I created it. It's got a really cool switch system, which kind of defines the game. I, I like keeping things very simple to like one or two buttons. 
So you fire with one button, and the switch system is you you're firing with like this this magical eye you found, which is a character in one of the Godfo stories. And when you hit the switch button, which will be like L one, the entire map changes. So it's kind of a puzzle shooter. So it's kind of like a perpetual. It's like a perpetual Zelda dungeon. Okay. With a puzzle mechanism built into it. So, yeah, it's and it's now, a really you, cool. Sorry, go ahead. Are you going to be using like crowdfunding to source this, or do you already have no. like a? <laughs> I'm just making it. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's what I do. I, I'm, I'm not to go into myself. I know it's not an interview, um, but if I'm not creating, I'm going crazy. Like my free time is creating. I'm talking, I know I'm talking to resident Daryl here. This guy does a million different things. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm not writing, if I'm not creating, if I'm not, not making music, if I'm not doing like six different projects at once. Then, uh, I'll go insane. I need to, then I, then I need to do seven projects. Yep. <laughs> yep. So what I started doing whenever <clears throat> my projects, I wasn't making the progress I wanted. And some of the projects that I was relying on other people that I was working with were yeah. getting stuck or stagnant or not moving. I then mm-hmm. started to get multiple jobs. So I thought they're like, okay, what better way to stifle creativity than to just work yourself to the bone. <laughs> and so I've got like five or six podcasts that I, that I do or have done. I've got the band. I do a little bit of music creation on the side for people. And then I've got three jobs. So I, <laughs> it's like, and then now I'm over here pitching ideas to other companies about doing other things as well. So like it's an, it's, it, I don't know if it's an addiction or, or if it's a, an a, affliction, but there's something about, you know, having to do something creative all the time. Mm-hmm. and if you, if I'm not, you know, and you know this because you do all the same things. If you're not doing something creative, you, you, not only is it kind of suffocating, but then you kind of have to just do something to get that nervous energy out, which then, then it's like, well, I'm not creating. So this isn't really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're like, it's this weird little, uh, little hamster wheel that you can, as a creative, you can find yourself in where it's like, I need to be creating. And I need to be doing something. And then when I'm doing something that's not creating, then all what makes me want to do is create more. But then if I'm not creating, I need to do something. It's very, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a place. It's definitely a place to be. So, yeah, um, I, I, I think, uh, a lot of it is just some, I don't know. Some people can turn it off. Some people can't. I mean, here's the thing. I wouldn't, but you like 2000 years ago, they'd have, they'd have put a, a sword and a helmet on you and told you to get in the ring. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and that all that energy would have gone out there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'd be one of the guys that got killed by you. <laughs> What's funny is this. Like, so here's a, here's an example. Yesterday, <clears throat> I was working, in quotes, working from home, and I was like, okay, I need to do a little bit of podcasting. I'm doing. I got some, you know, some more of my little comic book reviews going on, mm-hmm. making something, and I was like, I've got a couple, like, like projects lined up music wise to, to just contribute music to certain things. Yeah. And so what I thought was a good idea was I needed to go to my drummer's house. I needed to go get my guitar amp, which I have beside me right here. This giant what is it? You don't mind me asking. I have a PV 5150 tube combo. <laughs> yeah. You're, you had me at 5150. Yeah. <laughs> I have a 5150 uh, tube combo. So a hundred and 
This isn't the 5152. So I sold my 5152. I've got a 5150 now. So it's 100 watts, not 120 watts. 100, mm-hmm. 100 watts of tube power sitting about shoulder high from where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, I got... Uh, just so you can see in the picture. This little bad boy right here. Now, this is a oh, Line oh, 6 yeah. Pod Go. Mm-hmm. And it essentially acts as a recording interface because the new tech with the, with the line six stuff is I can plug this in. I can download preset guitar tones and things of that nature, bass tones, all that stuff. And then it's got sliders on the screen. You can kind of modify everything. And then of course yeah. you can add, you know, your different effects loops and things of that nature. So I've kind of gotten away from all of my live stuff because mainly I just sit behind this computer and do a lot of that stuff digitally anyways. And I, I got rid of a lot of my interfaces and my mixing boards because it's like, I'll play out so I can hear the rawness and feel the tone of the tube mm-hmm. amp. And a lot of it is just for me. But then when it comes to actual recording, keep it clean and keep it tight, I use this. So I'm using yeah. this on my tube amp right now. Ooh, chef's kid. <laughs> Did nice. you name your guitar? I don't have a name for the one I'm using now. I'm using a Sunburst uh, Ibanez 7421 a with uh custom emg pickups in it mm-hmm. i named my last one i named it after a character in resident evil i named my nice. base uh, can i suggest a name sure the jj well <laughs> cj just <laughs> fell out of his out of his little desk he just whoop, I, was, I don't know what gravity's like in australia but i'm sure he just defied it so it's upside down the other way <laughs> he fell into his desk okay July. That's a whole lot to get this to what you've been playing. Where are you at? So I've been playing a lot of PC games mm-hmm. only because I've been playing with the new Steam Deck. That oh, nice. Yeah. And one of the games that I played and finished, which I will recommend recommend for you, Dan, is called Liberated. Have you heard of this game? Sounds like some commie gobbledygook. <laughs> nah, I'll check it out. So liberated is uh, the government decided to put all kinds of tracking to track you. You're right. This is just real life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And this group of liberated is trying to stop that. It looks cool. I'm looking at the uh, the pictures right now in the game. Yeah, and it's all a story told in comic book style. Mm, Is it like Comic Zone for the Genesis? I've never played that game. As oh, I didn't own a Genesis, I owned I a Nintendo, the better system and superior system. What? Oh yeah, I, I, I agree, but still, this game is great. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Daryl, he's he got on a guest and was like, "Yeah, he'll be all in the same stuff as me," and he's all and he's nah, nah, nah. Sega, Sega hey. was great; it just wasn't as great. If anybody has listened to the show for any amount of time, they know that I do <clears throat> not mind stacking the panel against my interest in the in the name of diversity and inclusion. You forget, you forget equity. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> equity, not equality. So the entire game is in black and white, and it literally reads like a comic book. It's got panels, and when you're trying to get away, your character drops from the top panel to the bottom panel, which I thought yeah, like, was really cool. Like comic zone, yeah. yeah. Dope. Uh, and there's, uh, there's actually puzzles to do, and there's some shooting. So I actually played all six episodes. It was, it, it only, it's only like a three-hour game. Yeah. It looks great. I mean, the only thing is that uh, is, I'm just glad they didn't have Rob Liefeld do the art. <laughs> it has feet. That explains it. There you go. 
Now, for the trophy hunters out there, this is not a bad game to uh, get a platinum in. It looks like it would be an easy platinum. I didn't choose not to platinum because I missed one of the puzzles. You have to do all of the puzzles within 90 seconds, and I missed one. So I would have to replay the entire game. There's only seven puzzles. So keep that in mind if you'd like to replay that, if you'd like to um, platinum it. Hmm. Uh, No, it looks fun. I've also been playing Crashlands, which is a little indie game. You are a uh, delivery guy in space, and this alien comes out and says he needs a part of your ship, so he blows up your ship to get it. And you crash land on an alien planet. And your job is to try to get off the alien planet because you have to deliver the pack. Whoa. And, um, the art looks like a uh, Castle Crashers. Oh, that's a good game. Yeah. yeah. Very similar yeah, art style. Yeah, which you much might like because it's not based on any kind of realism. That's cool. Sweet, sweet, sweet. I, yeah. I've also been playing, I got to play Risk of Rain 2 this week. How is that? Because I have two copies of it unopened, and I've been thinking. I keep hearing on different podcasts that people are playing it, but I've never heard anyone go into detail about it. It's really good. I don't know if it's up your alley. Okay, it will be something you would want to play with your kid. Which is, is why co-op. we have two copies. Yeah, it is a roguelike. Ooh. Okay, that's where your problem mm-hmm. comes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, would have. With each game, you spawn into an air. You spawn into the world, and while you're when you spawn into the world, you have to find the teleporter and activate it. Okay. Okay. When you once you activate the teleporter, the boss will show up. You'll beat the boss, and you'll be teleported away to the next stage. Okay. It's a big like open area, so it could be one of a couple places. It spawns in different places, but All before right. you actually activate it you want to run around and kill stuff and get open up the chest because you got to earn money to open up the chest to get your items to help you with the run because that's where your roguelike comes into once you get that you can then of course activate the boss and go to the next stage as in Bruce Springsteen or what Yeah, from New Jersey like me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the boss, he just shows up and starts singing. You're like, wow, this is fantastic. What a great game. <laughs> Which it's really, really fun if you got a good group. You it, have it, to start it easy. And that's the important part. So when you say good group, it's more than two players? It's multiple? Yes, I've played up to four. Oh, okay. That's, that's cool. cool. It, it is really cool. So you start off, you have to start off it easy. I recommend it. Do not start off on anything less than easy. The longer you stay in the game, the harder the game gets. And the game has infinite spawns. So you can't just clear everything out. You have to, you have to keep moving. You have to get all your stuff. You have to call the boss. You have to beat the boss and move on to the next stage because it will keep infinitely spawning stuff to attack you. So you got to move forward constantly. Yeah, you got to move forward constantly. It starts off an easy. As you're playing, there's a there's a ticker up top and you can see how long of time by like it it goes green for easy and it goes to like 
medium. So like as you keep playing, it's just ticking up, ticking up until it hits medium. Then from medium, it goes from hard. From hard, it goes, I think, um, impossible. From impossible, it goes to I can see you. From I can see you, it goes to ha 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 ha. Gee. And then there's a knock at your door. And then you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, earlier when you were talking about tickers at the top of the screen, you know what else has a ticker at the top of the screen? What? The trophy that I. <laughs> Uh, what else you been playing and i've been playing oh the name of the game that i've been playing uh just blank on it uh gunfire reborn Mm. that's another game that's very cartoon graphics not real at all it's a looter shooter uh roguelike he likes a roguelike I do. I haven't really had time to get into anything with everything going on. Oh, I dig it. I dig it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, my list has, <clears throat> is a, uh, a little varied. I don't know that it's uh anything to, to write home about, but uh, the last deep dive we did, uh, I covered the Far Cry three blood dragon standalone DLC. Have you, have any of you ever played that? No, no I haven't, but I know what Far Cry is. So Far Cry uh, 3 Blood Dragon is a standalone DLC. It's, it's you know, just a couple hours long. I'd say 8 to 10 hours to 100% everything on it. But it's like a, if you take Far Cry, drop it into an 80s neon just parody of itself. It is mm-hmm. awesome. Like, And it's a game that didn't really click with me the first time I played it, but then going back to it years later, trying it again, it is absolutely awesome. So. What I've been doing is I've been just kind of cl- doing the trophy cleanup. I thought I was going to have the hundred percent by the time I recorded the deep dive for this past mm-hmm. for this month, but unfortunately, I, I had like just a handful of trophies that I've been popping during the show. Um, but yeah, uh, Far Cry Three Blood Dragon, excellent, excellent, excellent. Highly recommend it. Um, it the other thing cool. I'm, oh, yeah. go ahead. I said it looks cool. It's got that. Uh, I guess what the kids would call vaporwave aesthetic. Yes, Bl- yes. Uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah, in my yeah. review, I, I mentioned Blade Runner. Um, it's just, it's very neon. It's got a lot, a lot going on. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. So, uh, my wife and I, we, uh, started one of our little, um, full motion video games. We started, oh, nice. uh, in the Wales interactive, uh, cinematic universe. So we started dark nights with Poe and Monroe. And this is a, this is a continuation of the characters in this Wales universe. One of the listeners of our show, good friend, Jared. And I, we've been calling it the Wales um, Cinematic Universe. It Wales is the company that creates those games. Um, these characters were introduced in the Shape Shifting Detective, and then now they have kind of their own spinoff game. My wife and I have played, oh, not a ton of it. I'd say an hour or two, maybe an hour or so of it. We've done the first couple chapters. This one's kind of broken down into chapters or nights. You know, um, it's a little cheesier than the previous games um so far um uh, anyways we're playing through that and then um i've been playing through some metro exodus i love the metro games the first two especially the third one is a roller coaster of love and hate so <laughs> there's times where it is 
awesome. And I'm like, I'm going to beat this game. I'm going to go back and get the platinum beating on Ranger difficulty, do all the cleanup. And I'm going to do a deep dive on it. Like this game is awesome. And then there's times where I'm like, I can't stand this game. I'm just ready for it to be over. And it's very bipolar. Like it's up and it's down and it's up and it's down. And I got really frustrated. And I might've mentioned this on the last show where I made it up into a certain level. And then the game glitched and it got me in this weird loop of like all of my quick saves leading up to that point were like stuck. And the Mm. character, the NPC wouldn't, progress into the next like dialogue it was supposed to he's supposed to go up to this little he's in a it's like they're they're, we're in this mountain cavernous system he's supposed to look over and say oh no that thing's totally messed up then we have to go around he would not walk up to it the character would walk and then glitch a little bit kind of like and then go the other direction and then he would get stuck in this perpetual loop where nothing would happen and it totally cost me three or so hours of the game and up to that point, I had been doing a lot of the side, you know, like a lot of the extra stuff, things you didn't necessarily have to do. Mm-hmm. And it was very frustrating. And I ended up having to play all that over again. So then I was like, since I had to do so much over, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go back and do every little thing again. So now I'm just kind of playing through for to beat the game for the for the progression of it all. But mm-hmm. either way, that's one that the game is Really, it's when it's good, it's really good. When it's not good, it's not good. And shout out to our old co host T Bird. He posted in one of the groups this past week that he beat it, but the game kept crashing on him. Mm. And he was playing on PC. I'm playing on PS5, and it's very frustrating. It's good, it's a really good game. But there's certain pockets of it where I'm like, man, why, why they'd make you do this? This is kind of frustrating. Game design. There's certain times where like they make you go from point A to point B all the way back to point A so you can go back to point B again in an yep. open world, right? So there's all this meat and you have to do these weird go to these particular sections and it's like, well, I want to explore everything, but is there any value to it? I don't know. Yeah. It's if like it if you took have purpose. Yeah. Why would like, you put it in there? Yeah, it's like if you took an open world game like a Grand Theft Auto you know, or Assassin's Creed and you just showed me the main line, but you, mm-hmm. and the rest of the map is, is up for interpretation. Like there's no side quest to guide you to these other places. That's very much how this feels like. Th- and I so then I, go- of, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're you're good. You. no you're I, think, I think a lot of problems of modern games have, and it, it, maybe it's not their fault. The developers, it, it must be very difficult to, to synthesize, open world with narrative because those are completely different beasts. But that's something that, you know, great. Like you just said, Grand Theft Auto seemed to have mastered that within like the first three generations of it. Mm -hmm. And that's as it scaled up, some of that got lost. The narrative got lost. I was like, well, it's open world, but then we have to send people to, they have to explore it, but then, you know, it doesn't have a good backbone. A lot of these big open world games. And there, and then there's some of them that put so much side quests in there that it's like this is just filler for mm-hmm. the sake of filler. So yeah, this doesn't do either one of those well. Real, they made this open world game and it's awesome and at times it's beautiful, but for the most part it feels pointless. You know, like why why did you even make this open world? It just seemed like it was like well we want to make an open world game so we're going to make one. 
And then Beautiful what's but pointless is, is how you describe the last Jedi. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like this, it's very much. And so it's frustrating because it's like, this should have just been a tight narrative experience and we would have been good. I mean, I've already got 15 plus hours in this game and I know I'm nowhere near done, but I'm just kind of like, I, I, it's kind of like a slog to play when it's good. It's good though. And that's the thing that that's guiding me through it is because I'll go on a lull of like really good. And then like an hour of just like, Oh, good Lord. please. Oof. So, and I don't like that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like the roller coaster, but, um, overall I will finish it. You know, I'm going to keep, going to keep grinding away. Uh, another game I put in that hasn't clicked up until now, call of duty Vanguard. I've been playing the campaign on it. Um, I played it a few mornings ago, and the production value and the voice acting and the sound effects are so stellar. Call of Duty nails all of those things. By the way, I got another trophy. <laughs> like, it's it's really good. The voice acting is really, really good. The story being told, okay. Um, there are some times where the graphics, like the, the facial expressions and stuff, um, they, they kind of fuzz out. I'm playing the PS4 version of the game. Yeah. So, and kind of, you know, I, under, I, that it, it comes with a, P, a free PS5 upgrade. I haven't wanted to use the PS5 upgrade yet. I wanted to beat the game on PS4 and then I'll play the PS5 version. So, uh, but the game sounds amazing. And a lot of the guns are really good too. Like fire looks amazing in this game. The lighting engine they're using, the actual lighting of the game is really good. So the overall production value of Call of Duty Vanguard is excellent. I haven't dabbled with any of the other stuff. I haven't, I mean, it took me months to even open the game. So, uh, but I mean, I'm playing it right now and I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I'll finish it. I always tend to like the Call of Duty stories. I feel like that is something I look forward. I say, I like the stories. I like the campaigns. I like yeah. a nice, tight, six-hour, you know, action shooter. You know, it's something that's just like, turn your brain off, enjoy yourself. Every now and again, they'll surprise you with a really good story. If it's Vanguard, are you playing as the Russians? Well, no, you're, you're it's, it's doing kind of the old Call of Duty thing where you have, um, like, you're, the main character, he's got a British accent, but he's a, he's a black dude in, in the allied you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're you're kind of like a ragtag group of people that have come together and you're you're fighting the Nazis. And nice. it's pretty cool though because they capture him at one point in time and they're interrogating him and they they just kind of make fun of how like this hodgepodge of people, you know? Yeah. And it's cool because in a world where things are getting I made the diversity and inclusion joke earlier in a world yeah. where like diversity and inclusion is kind of like thrown into everything. And it's like, Oh, well we got to have all of our check boxes. Yeah. They took a story. They, they created a story that at face value to me just didn't seem to make any sense. Like, why would you tell the story if you weren't trying to just do the checkbox game, mm -hmm. but they make it work. And then they also identify it in the writing yeah. to where the not, even the Nazi guy was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen but they do it in a way that builds like your like I care more about this team now because yeah. you opposed it 
mm-hmm. in a not so on the nose way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, and that's yeah. something I've been complaining about a lot in a lot of our reviews and a lot of our conversations is that, like writing these days has been really bad. Like mm-hmm. things are so on the nose and I'm going to talk about a game here in a minute that just has the worst writing. Like it's so atrociously bad, but like <laughs> you can take a social political concept whether it's a character or it's a theme or it's like you have your message that you want to get across and you can present it in a way that works as long as the writing's good and i will receive that i get really frustrated whenever you give me something that's that i'm supposed to care about and you're like oh by the way here's all the hot topics that we had in our writer's room and we checked all of our boxes you know and I, I complain about that a lot. Like, I feel like it's lazy writing. Like, if you want to use your character, if you want to create your person, if you want to change something to make a token version of, of this, make it make me care about it because you wrote it well. Not mm-hmm. you should care about it because it because it's different, you know. And People forget that the, every single person is a human. Yeah, and that's the common ground is human topics and human reality as opposed to whatever groups that we choose to be in or or throw other people in yeah yeah absolutely and and the thing is this is like you can win and you can win in all of it you just have Mm -hmm. to try and it's when you don't try that just frustrates me to no end so that being said jumping into a game that the writing is just atrocious i've been playing need for speed payback (laughs) shoot me in the face the writing is so bad it's worse than if you took like okay, if you took the Marvel writing formula, okay, yeah. if you take the Fast and the Furious, got to make a quip between every shift. Family, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not gonna get me. Oh no, you didn't. You weren't ready for that. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. But then you take it with like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You know how like Power Rangers it would like always show you like a. Uh, a a a quick cl- a clip of the cockpit when they're in the you know, the Megazord yeah. or whatever, or every single <laughs> motion was was accompanied by yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that is the writing for this Need for Speed, and it is so bad. How, but that sounds amazing. Everything you just said, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's so if, bad. If it if it was a Japanese show. With subtitles, what you just described would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> well, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Like, so for example, I'm in a race, right? And the, yeah. the, the production value is so good. Like, I was mm-hmm. sitting here playing this game. I'm playing a PS4 game on my PS5. Yeah. And my wife's sitting beside me. She's watching The Bachelorettes. And I got this thing going. I'm like, man, this looks amazing. Like, you just jump. Like, the game starts right in the action. And uh, Joe was pledged to play this game. And so I was going, I, I was like, what I like to do is when people are pledged uh, on our podcast at our highest Patreon tier to play a game, I like to play alongside them for a couple reasons. A, in the event that someone drops the ball and doesn't get the pledge done, I will have at least played it so I can do the review. Yeah. B, whenever they go to do the actual review of it for the Patreon, I can be there and actually have meaningful conversation with them because I also played the game. All right. And C, it's an excuse to play another game. <laughs> All right. So, so whenever he got pledged to play it, I bought the game. I was like, "Boom, let's go." Is that so, every game? Yeah, yeah I've, I bought every game that you guys have been play, pledged to play, with the exception of Just Dance. 
I was curious. And I had it in my hand two days ago. It's $5 at my local Walmart right now. Nice. But I couldn't bring myself to pay five bucks for it because <laughs> I was like, uh, the thing is, is like these games don't hold their value <laughs> and they're also trash. So, <laughs> um, but anyways, so I, I say all that to say this. I put it in. I'm like, man, the production value is great. Man, this game has so much charm. It oozes in just so much awesome. And then the guy's like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, watch me now. Oh, no, too slow. And it's like, it's so bad. It's so freaking bad. So I'm like, you, okay. You, you have now gotten me, my brain, wanting to write a captivating, introverted story of a guy just racing, <laughs> like shifting gears and okay. pontificating on the nature of of philosophy of humanity or yeah something. yeah yeah the <laughs> the last of us meets the fast and furious yeah make that happen right <laughs> oh, yeah so make me care about this the, this this person while also shifting gears and and, and getting away from the cops so here's the thing that, that that like really just kills it is like okay the main character has his little struggle you know like he's got a race to you know take down this underground house of cards you know the house bullcrap whatever they're called they're called the house yeah but anyways essentially it's like these people are rigging all the local street races and they're 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 you know controlling all of the you know gambling and whatever and they just took they're taking over this guy's casino and so we got to take them down because whatever anyways it doesn't matter (laughs) but then it goes like this you got to build a crew in order for you to take them down you got to build a crew so then it flips over and you're this guy who's like the drift king right and he's take he's taking a YouTube celebrity, a social media celebrity, on a drift. This is the most like on the nose, like social media. If it, like whatever the equivalent of a Valley Girl is for like a dude who's a YouTuber. Yeah. Come on, bro! Why don't you take me out in your cool drift skills? Oh, far out, man! Let's get a selfie, tiger style. Oh, and it's dude, it's so bad. Like it's so freaking bad. And Does he at least die in a crash? No, I wish, and I crashed a lot because I was like, dude, you're killing me. And so, essentially, I say all that to say this: the game controls amazing, looks amazing, mm-hmm. but I I got to play it with with no sound, like no yeah. talking. No dark. The cars sound good. Cool. And what's really awesome is when the police go to chase you, all of the police radio chatter goes through the speaker in your controller. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so freaking cool. Like it's like the yeah. controller speaker in the PlayStation DualSense done so well. But like that kind of stinks when you have to turn the volume off of the game because the writing is so bad. You should make a mod where it replaces all the dialogue with Navi from uh, Ocarina of Time. Just saying, look, listen. Oh my god, <laughs> that would dude. be great. You're like, wow, this is somehow better. Anything would be better. So it, it's just I don't know. I, I, bad writing will kill, 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 kill an experience. So mm-hmm. I, I I just have to play it with no voices, you know. Maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, I turned the bass real high on my sound, my surround system and I got yeah. the car. It, it sounds great, mm-hmm. but I just can't with the voice. voice acting. It's just so bad. So um, <laughs> the next game I've been playing now. Okay. Here's, here's where you flip it over. Right. So need for speed, bad writing. No bueno. Warriors, all stars. Now, Joe, if he was here, would be all, oh, man, this is, I'm all about this. 
because he loves his Musou games. This is a collection of properties all thrown together in a you know Dynasty Warrior style Musou game. Yeah. So it's, so it's got like the ninja. It's got Ninja Gaiden characters on there. It's got Dead or Alive characters on there. A couple of random anime characters that I have absolutely no clue who they are. But essentially, it's just a button mashing Musou. It plays well. It's fast. Hundreds and hundreds of enemies on the screen. Awesome, awesome game. So I put this, I downloaded this to play at night while my wife's watching, you know, her uh, trashy reality shows. <laughs> and she does. Um, so that, you know, so like I could still kind of hang with her, but like also not be required to uh, participate in the trashy reality. And so, um, you're I'm like, my, gonna, my reality's trashy enough as it is. Yeah. I thought, I, so I thought you're supposed to be doing a podcast with her on trashy reality shows. We, so we, we keep talking about it. She really wants to do a podcast together. I just hadn't figured it out yet. He can't figure out how to game while he's also doing the podcast. Yeah. That, that is <laughs> <laughs> with you guys. Cause we're all remote. It's all good with her. She'd be sitting there looking at me, judging me. But I just got I just got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. But anyways, yeah. So I've been playing some Warriors um, All Stars. That's really freaking dope. I started playing Homefront Revolution. That game sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But check it out. The game was broken AF when it first came out. I love Homefront. The first Homefront game on Xbox 360 PS3 absolutely adore that game it's awesome the Koreans come over and they take over you know they invade us you know shut everything down you gotta build a resistance up you gotta boom this is if the same writers for Need for Speed Payback wrote a military (laughs) shooter I'm not kidding it's so bad because it's like you're you're in constant communication with all of these freaking like seemingly social like it's like it's like okay Dan Mm-hmm. Let's say you and I were in the Terminator uh, universe, right? Okay, you're John Connor, and I'm whatever, you know, <laughs> dude, man, Broham, like military shooter guy. But our All entire right. our entire team consists of TikTok stars. TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> like they're like talking all the time, yeah. And the things they're saying, you're like. Why don't you come over here and take out this base and upgrade your gear? It's just like oh, it just—it's so bad. Like the voice acting and the writing is just—it's awful. And it's one of those things where it's like this—this this is a fine enough shooter. The gameplay is really not good enough to warrant. You know, it's like they were like six, two or three degrees rather separated from becoming like a like a online battle royale Fortnite style game is like yeah it's like they almost were going to go live service with this game but they didn't it couldn't quite cook it long enough yeah so it's like ugh it's just bad it's just it's just so bad so so i had a, a very very diverse palette of of good and bad games mhm and so uh yeah you want to play a good game play far cry blood dragon you want to play a bad game Play Homefront Revolution or Need for Speed. Well, Need for Speed itself at its core is a good game. Just mm-hmm. the 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 writing is so atrociously bad. I can't stand it. So. There, there's in every medium, but it's particularly, I'm not going to go on a whole thing here, but it's mm-hmm. just an observation. And I, I wasn't part of it, but I remember when like Gamergate and all that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. But that 
really did reveal the problem that a lot of people, a lot of writer, professional writers do not know what they're doing or they're not allowed to do their job well by committee and fiat of, of their companies. Yeah. Like they're just, either people don't know how to write human beings or when they do, it gets cut up, put away. And there may have been an editor, like they, they may have written a better line or so, but somebody may be like, Hey, we have to let people know where the thing is so they can get the achievement so they can up their gear. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 It, it's all about how do we get them to keep playing it or how do we get them to buy more DLC? It's not about creating an actual piece of artwork. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, the thing that gets me is I, I've been listening. It's funny. You mentioned Gamergate. I've been listening to a lot of <laughs> podcasts about Gamergate and just yeah. like kind of the breakdowns of everything that was going on. And it's so funny because somewhere down the line, a lot of people that think alike got in, got <laughs> dug in. Yeah. And it's like, I can't, I, there's a, such a disconnect between the writing and the people consuming. I just mm-hmm. can't believe that everyone who picks up a controller to play a video game likes what we have. You know, yeah. what we're, or, what we're or, or sees a movie or reads a comic, yeah. anything, man. It's there's a huge disconnect between uh, white collar and blue collar. Yeah, you have to describe it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing too. Even with like the, with movies and entertainment and stuff, it's just like it, it, it's it's almost like it's intention. And this is really putting my tinfoil hat on right here. Man, go for it. I'm here for it. Dude. Entertainment in general, <laughs> comics, video games, movies. It's almost like they all get together Bohemian Grove style and they say, here's what we're going to do guys. All right. We're going to make 90% of what all you guys produce is going to be trash so that mm-hmm. when the last of us comes out, it's the best. And then, <laughs> then the next phase comes around. It's like, all right, guys, here's what yeah. we're going to do. 90% of what we're going to make across all industries is going to be absolute garbage. So that end game is the best. If you really want to, I'm not going to go into it here, but if you really personally or any of your followers want to go down a rabbit hole, look up Antonio Gramsci. He was a a, a political prisoner in Italy during the, the reign of Mussolini, but he laid out a plan for like how to subvert art and culture in a way to if you if one person or several people wanted to control like an entire nation's media. Like that's how you would do it because that's how you would bring down the cathedral basically from the inside. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not a political person. I don't don't even vote, so I'm not going to go into that. But if you like, if you want to get into like tenfold hat stuff with like how all media tends to get into like a, a hive mind, that guy yeah. wrote it out. <laughs> it's crazy. I love stuff like that. I love stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, and it, it's just it's so frustrating because it's like we'll have so much good, mm-hmm. but it's like. It's is it really good or is it good because everything around it was so bad? That's where my head starts to go. And that's like, how movie. That's how movies are now. Yeah, like that's like you see like should I go see X movie? Like no, nah, it's probably not that great. And you see, it and you're like, well, if I don't remember it by the time I get to my car, it wasn't good. It just wasn't bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so speaking of, we started watching this show on Hulu called The Patient. Mm-hmm. You got? Have you guys seen The Patient yet? I see the uh, trailer. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So no, Steve Carell, he, mm-hmm. he he plays a serious role, but essentially, he's been kidnapped by one of his patients because he's a he's a therapist, and this particular therapist, or excuse me, this this patient 
kidnaps him and 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 keeps him captive so that Steve Carell will continue to help him to get better. All right. And you find out in the first episode that the what he's what he the the ailment he is suffering is that he is a serial killer. So he's kidnapped by a serial killer so that he will help him not be a serial killer. But the only way this is going to work is if I kidnap you and you help me on my own terms. And it's, it's very interesting. He can't, kill people. he can't kill people if he's dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so trouble himself. Well, exactly. But so it's anyway, so we're, we're watching it and it's, it's pretty freaking good, you know? Yeah. But I was asking myself, well, is it good? Mm-hmm. Or is it just that the last five shows were so bad that yeah. this is the best of the bunch? Well, no, today, that's, that's a valid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I go ahead? I was going to say, today on Netflix, Cobra Kai, the new season dropped. Mm-hmm. That's, wait, no, tomorrow. Today's Thursday. Okay. I'm a Cobra Kai fan. But I'm, I'm at that point, too, where I'm just watching so much stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, usually I play a lot of video games. But my, being my husband's been sick, he just wants to watch TV. So we're just watching the craziest stuff, trying to find something to watch. Our newest obsession is Worst Cooks in America. Like, have you guys <laughs> seen this show? I have, yeah. If you want something funny to watch with your wife, Daryl, watch that show. These people do not know how to cook. I mean, terrible. It is hysterical. And they're localized in America. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I um, it's, it's and it, it's, it's so funny too because a lot of the TV consumed in this house is reality TV, so it is like comically bad. Yeah, and then so I, I'm like, well, you would think in my mind that anything outside a reality TV show would be really good. And you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> but I just keep finding myself just like every time I put someone, and I posted a meme the other day that I thought was really funny, and it was like basically when uh. Me trying to pretend that I'm going to watch something when a when a friend or coworker says, "Yeah, did you watch this?" Yeah, yeah, and it's just like uh, it's like the Chris Evans. I'll add that to the list. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, and I, and it's so funny because so many people tell me like, "Oh man, you got to the show. I'll get to the show." I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll add it to the list." And I'm like, but most of the time, it's trash. And you I get like you get like ugly Betty on there six times. I don't even realize it. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and again, you'll find a good one. So. Right now, I'm thinking the the patient is good. Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> I liked the not the the throw a wrench in it and go back, but the last show like that that I got into where I didn't know was a uh, that one with Kevin Bacon, where it's like he's investigating a cult that follows uh, Edgar Allan Poe poems. Oh, uh, follow or is it, is follow it, the following? Following, yes. yeah, yeah, that, that was, was so really good. good. Yeah, I saw the first season. And I was like, I can't tell if this is really good or just okay and then like i never saw the second season but it had kevin bacon and i'm a i'm oh, a man. huge bacon head so yeah that first season yeah. was so good yeah, that second one was, season cool. was okay i don't think i saw the second one but yeah it it, it kind of it, it's, it's just like it, it's like anything else like i think we were talking about this on the show last week about the horror stuff is like the problem is when you establish something like that then mm-hmm. you what do you where do you go you know you yeah. gotta get bigger you know you gotta raise the stakes that's the problem and the problem with that particular show is that raising the stakes took out what was special about it to begin with. But see, George Lucas, to go there, he established it with Empire. You should go smaller, like because New Hope, big adventure, like you know, farm boy, the hero. 
Empire, you go introspective, you bring it down. Everybody, they're in the asteroid field, character development. He's with Dagobah, and then you twist it at the end until you set up for another big one with three. But basic writers have forgotten that 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 platform and that idea. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating because it's like the 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 following for as an example yeah. it was just oh man it was so good there's another one too like the killing yeah I'm, i didn't see that one but i know what you're talking about yeah. that's another one where the first season is it's sad because i almost feel like in 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 hindsight it should have just ended yeah even though i watched those episodes and didn't want it to end because the once the once the final episode of the killing unfolded like it, it very much felt like the last of us where it was like, I don't like, it was amazing. It was storytelling yeah. done well. And everything about it was really good. Except for the fact that it made you feel awful because the ending, <laughs> it was so awful. Like what yeah. happened in the story they told, it was awful, but, yeah. but masterfully done. And it's kind of like with, with, and even with that show, like once they, they introduced the next season. It was like, well, they tried to raise the stakes. And it's like, mm-hmm. you sometimes you just got to let it go. And I'm learning that the older I get, that sometimes when you got something really good, like lost season one, amazing yep. season two, amazing up <laughs> to season three. Now I'm going to, I'm not to interrupt, but I'm going to blame that on JJ Abrams because that man does not know how to land anything that he builds. <laughs> He's a great idea guy. And he is a, terrible follow through that dude cannot swing the bat to save his life <laughs> yep alias didn't he do alias yeah. no that was um he may have been part of it but that was uh who's the guy they all hate now whedon what was that joss whedon joss whedon oh yeah you're yeah. right the Justice i think it was now, i could be wrong i could be wrong well it, either way like you know but they, like like lost was really 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 good like the walking dead those first two seasons god dude they were amazing after that it just started to get whack you know, Arrow. Yeah. The first season of Arrow was amazing. The second season of Arrow was a great follow-up. Third season of Arrow, what the f? Like that I was. It started so strong, especially for like a Green Arrow show. It's like, yeah. oh, he's on an island and it's crazy, and Deathstroke is there, and then yeah, you know, and then it just became crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, just- Alias was J.J. Abrams. That's that's my mistake. I was thinking of a uh, Firefly. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So, yeah. Well, that explains why the ending sucked. If it was JBA. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Point proven. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So here's what we're going to do. Okay. <clears throat> Dan, we brought you on the show. Not right. just so we can talk about trash writing, but since you're a writer, it makes. I, I do love talking about trash writing. <laughs> it worked out perfect. So what we're going to do for this week's official topic. Okay. Is we're mm-hmm. going to talk to you about your latest release, your latest comic book, and the upcoming comic books that are coming on. Now, Kalai announced earlier that she had some things that she wanted to say about awesome. it. Awesome. Go, go ahead, Kalai. Perfect. I think it's perfect. Well, hang on. <laughs> Before we get too carried away, um, let's kind of get a little time and place leading up to where we're at. Let's get your background a little bit. This is the interview portion of the show. Okay. Dan, how did you get into writing in general, and then how did you end up writing comic books? I got into writing uh, because I was frustrated with not being able to get my ideas out. I am not an or a verbally articulate person. In fact, I had kind of a speech impediment as a kid, which is why my face, I still have to kind of force 
certain words, certain ways. Makes great for singing when you're in a band, Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and I'm from the South, which means we just butcher words anyway. Yeah, we do. But, um, I, I had this idea, this big story that went along with all the albums I was making. And I was like, you know, I, I can't get it out. I can't draw to save my life. So I've, I've got to write it. Well, I was a liter, literature minor in college for whatever that's worth. You read a bunch of books and you talk about it in a, a classroom and they tell you you're wrong. <laughs> So, so nowadays that's we just worth, call that podcasting yeah right <laughs> for what that's worth so i just started writing uh this novel and it, it's finished it's the uh it's the uh it's in the godfo universe it kind of birthed the godfo universe and it's at the end of the godfo universe and it's the black star uh saga which is the ending of the godfo universe but anyway so that took me eight years to write that novel because i'd never written a novel before i i read profusely as a kid and and even now so i knew at least what was bad you know at least to go through and be like okay this sucks or this this doesn't read well so whether the story is good or not you know who knows but at least it in my brain it flows well you know the i guess the be everything else is subjective but as long as i could get the the good parts good you know so i got in i got into almost every single thing of, that artistically I do because my life is miserable if I don't create. And we talked about this earlier. Um, and, and a lot of it is driven from spite and anger. Like we're talking now, like I got tired of hearing music. I didn't like, I get tired of reading books. I don't, I get, I get tired of reading or not reading, but just seeing every book becoming YA fiction and YA fiction means young female fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to have the secret garden and little women. And now we have whatever the newest Harry Potter slash hunger games ripoff is for the last 10 to 15 years. And I'm, I know I'm going, I'm rambling, but no, particularly with, particularly with writing that got on my nerves. Cause I was, I grew up reading like the classics, like Lord of the flies. Uh, I've called Ender's game, a classic, those kind of things that were made for anybody, not based on gender or age, but they were, they became what we call young adult fiction and i got really really angry at that really angry like why isn't there something like robinson caruso why isn't there something that's just good across the board that someone from the age of 10 to 30 can appreciate you know it's not vulgar it's got reality in it and reality's harsh and reality sucks half the time that's why we enter go to entertainment but it's not you know it's not trying to push vulgar i mean marilyn marilyn manson already did it 20 years ago <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> the worst thing he can say now is that there are two genders <laughs> yeah that that, or, yeah i mean that, that's a joke but anyway so a lot of my i shouldn't say spite but a lot of it is built up frustration and though it's a it's a very lame lame analogy at this point but you know like the, the oyster in the pearl you get the sand in it and it gets frustrated so it makes a pearl and spits it out because it's tired of having sand in it yes. i get tired i get tired of my media being sand and i'm still tired of it so i'm trying to get into every kind of media ever so it went from writing to now it's going to be short films to comics to uh music everything if i can get my hands on it i'm going to make it and if people don't like it that's great but people do like it wonderful 
Awesome. Not to go, not, not to go off on a tangent. <laughs> nah, 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 man. That's good. That's good. That's how people get to know who you are and, and, and what yeah. they're what what you what you bring to the table. So, um, now I know this because Josh and I have been friends for a while, and yeah. I know that you guys talk on a regular basis, and you guys mm-hmm. have been working on the Godfo universe for yeah. what something like ten years now, close to ten years. Yep. So t- explain to me how that was kind of birthed. I know you said you wrote the the novel or you worked on the novel. How does that get into comic books? How does that get into manga? How does that get into what we're seeing right now with the new Apollyon 20XX and the upcoming yeah. Godfo Kolga and all that stuff? The short answer is I couldn't draw and I finally found someone who could. So oh, if, if I had known Josh the way I know Josh now and we were working the way we are now, I would have that first novel would have been a comic. But it's not, and that worked out for the better. But I'm in, I'm in a band called Blue Bolt, and that name came from because I wanted the most anime name I could think of, and the original name was like Red Runner X Blue Bolt or something. It was going to be like huge and you know very common writer and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And so and we lowered it down to Blue Bolt, and I was like, well, great, I can still write the most manga anime story I want ever. So, <laughs> so I was reading a ton of apocalyptic literature and, and, and apocryphal literature and i've always had a fascination with end of the world stories whether they be biblical or extra biblical um whatever religion they're a part of or non-religion they're a part of and i started noticing reading this stuff i started noticing throughout history there's this weird pattern and it's an undeniable pattern and it's that for some reason humans keep organizing themselves in a way in a, in a, in a singularity towards worship of a being or a state if you go all the way back to the oldest known civilizations, I say known because I'm not counting hunter-gatherer that we couldn't keep track of. That's prehistory. History itself contends on this idea of, of worshiping kind of like a god king, or at least a state embodied that way. Everything from like pharaohs to, to Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, on to uh, Caesar, you know, on to the, the, the Soviet Union and Mao's China. For some reason... We keep unifying into this idea or this this symbol of totalitarianism. We we think that the totalitarianism is a a twentieth twentieth century idea because technology is part of it technically. But if 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 Caesar or Ramses the second had had the power to to spread his will across the world, he would have. Because they tried to, they just didn't have enough horses and they had not enough food. So all that together, I started thinking of that and the idea of the Antichrist, uh, whether in a Christian or, or extra Christian idea. But it's like, man, and then that was the seeds of everything. And then this past five years, I mean, really kind of showed me that no matter left wing, right wing, whatever side you're on, people have become increasingly more willing to outsource their their freedom and liberty to a singularity, like to a, a singular person or an idea. Um, whether that was the election of Donald Trump on the right or (laughs) everything that's happened the past two years on the left, if I'm being very candid. Right. And that, that's terrifying. And it's happened in it for some reason. And the great pattern is it keeps happening quicker and quicker. Like before it, before the Soviet union and, and, and fascism and Nazism, there's at least some kind of gap, but now in the 20th century, it's just, you don't go two decades without something like this happening. It seems like, 
And to me, Daryl, you're a musician. It's like tuning an instrument where it's like the closer you get to the the frequency, it gets louder and wider yep. and, and yep. The, the beats are, are more and more frequent until it finally aligns. And like I said, I'm not trying to be religious or political. It's just I, I couldn't help but notice this pattern. I think more people notice it than they say or, or realize. And I wanted to, the only way I could cope with it was to create this universe where this being God, capital G-O-D, it's an abbreviation that we won't reveal yet comes to power, exists, and stays in power because no, no one can oppose it, but different generations react to it differently because that's what has happened throughout history, even with our concept of God or gods or God kings. There's always a reaction to it, and it seems to be the consolidation of power to a singular source. Sweet, sweet. Very Sorry nice. to ramble. No, 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 no. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. So now we are, we are a huge, um, this particular group and, and the people yeah. that we have interacted with in our circle, we're all big supporters of the Godfell universe and, and the different, you know, our exposure to it, to yeah. this point, you know, we've had a bunch of people jump on board and buy that first ash can. And, you know, a lot of guys and a lot of, a lot of our, uh, our friends and in, in loot bros family have supported Josh and the different things that he's brought to the table with us. And we've done a yeah. lot of podcasting things together. He does a ton of art for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an amazing artist, objectively. Yeah. Not only is he amazing, but he's so darn fast. Mm-hmm. Like he is very, very gifted, like, prolific. He's he's an awesome dude. You know, he's not yeah. like uh, you know, those from dealing with musicians. You can have you can you can meet some musicians. They're just total butt bags. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you're such a extremely- great. They can be extremely talented, but no, you, you can't be in a room with them for more than 10 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, well, yeah. they won't show up for practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. My girlfriend's uh, mad, man. Hey. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so we were, so in 2019, Ninja Loot got back together and decided we're going to put out an album. Okay. Yeah. In 2020, I turned in my guitar tracks for all the songs that still haven't been released. My drummer mm-hmm. still hasn't done his part. He has the easiest part. How's how's that for for not showing up to band practice? <laughs> it's at his house. Like I bought a friggin' this two band I bought. I bought yeah. so that we could jam together. Mm-hmm. And, and I bought it in early like March twenty twenty. We have not jammed. We we've jammed twice. Three times. Is that so? Yeah, <laughs> you can't make it. Like you can't bands. <laughs> <laughs> either way so all right so cool so now we understand the birth of the godfell universe we understand Mm -hmm. your the themes and where you're drawing inspiration and stuff now take us to the ash can what is a poly in 20xx what was the pitch you know to do that particular issue first and where are we going from and this is where Uh, once you do this i'm sure claude's going to jump in and okay and have a conversation too. Um, I'm I'm going to be very frank, and it's not in a in a bad way or in a bad blood way because there 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 is no bad blood. Uh, the Ashcan was never planned. Volume one, Live Not by Lies, was planned. I had gotten it all written that it's the equivalent of six issues, so it's very large. Um, because all of our volumes are going to be volumes, not this two to three issue stuff that people throw up on Kickstarter for forty five dollars and ten dollars of shipping, right. And want to call it a volume. Which the big two started that, so I guess I can't blame the indies. But anyway, so 
we signed with Legacy. We signed with uh, with Patrick Hickey Jr., who is a marvelous salesperson, masterful marketer, the the most the only bearable extrovert in my life. (laughs) 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 He's a quick talking Yankee, and he gets the job done. Yes, it was part of the legacy model to do issue zero ash cans. And I get why um, Josh, it's not that Josh and I were opposed to it. It's just, we hadn't thought about it. So he's like, okay, Patrick's like do six pages, make it a tease. I wrote it that night, six pages, make it a tease. Josh drew it the next day within two days of, of two days of, of the month. He had allotted Patrick had allotted for us to get it finished. It was done. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. that. But it, it even for me, I don't, I don't care about spoilers um, because I, I, that's how 99% of all the books you actually read and movies you see that are good are already spoiled because they're already in the public domain or in the public consciousness. So the character in the ash can is zero X E R O. He is being experimented on by the order, which is a group of uh, elites that basically control the world through the power of something called imperimetal which is an alien metal which landed on earth about 300 years ago. And it can replicate itself through any biological uh, system. But what they found was not only does it replicate, but it can enhance certain uh, parts of the brain or the the body. You get superpowers from it. It's a way to introduce the X gene without having only the rights to the mutants. (laughs) So they're called augments. And so zero is part of the, the higher, higher, higher program that they're trying to create which is the God, the God machine, because Imperimetal is, has replicated itself throughout the world. You can't get away from it. You're, bre- you're breathing it, you're drinking it, you're eating it, you're standing on top of it. So the order said, well, instead of being like militaries and trying to create the ultimate weapon, let's create a being that can control the thoughts of those people that are near Imperimetal. And that's what they've been trying to do. And they came very close with Zero, and he breaks out. And the six pages... I wanted to get a little creative with it. So like, okay, well, we'll mimic the Genesis six days of creation where you're not sure if it is six days, if it isn't, and it'll be entirely claustrophobic in zero's point of view. He's an unreliable narrator in the ash can. So you don't know exactly what's exactly happening. He's articulating it the best way he can through his thoughts and intentions. And, uh, of course, by the end, by page six, he breaks out, he gets out and volume one picks up from there where he rallies a team of, of young augments he was able to find to uh, start attacking the order and breaking them down before total world global domination happens. So, Kalal, uh, le- uh, let me have it. <laughs> so is volume one out? It is not. It'll be out in spring of next year. Okay. Yep. So now I know who to blame. Really, the blame is Patrick Hickey Jr. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, like, like, lay your grievances on me. I'd like to. I'd like to hear them. So I read the Godfell. I, I like indie comics. I, mm-hmm. I'm not into the big Batman comics because they're so convoluted. Convoluted at this point that and, if you try to get in, you just have no idea. They're like, oh, reference 40, this. Forty titles a month now. Of that. <laughs> yes. And they reference other ones, and you're like, do I have to read these? Yeah. So I was like, yeah. okay. Let me. Nobody them. cares about Huntress, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I read this supposed teaser uh-huh. and I don't think it was a proper teaser. Okay. I feel like I got through it and I was like, that didn't tell me anything about the world. It didn't tell me anything about the characters. And unfortunately it did quite kind of bore me. And it could okay. just, it could just be me. I don't know. 
I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a girl and don't understand how to read comics, but to me, it didn't grab me. It didn't go, I can't wait for the next issue. Because I was like, well, I don't exactly know what's going on. I don't understand yeah. why we're seeing the same character in six different pages. Mm -hmm. And that's it. No, I mean, that's that's understandable. Uh, it doesn't offend me. Because the the action is cool. I'd like to make it a uh, like a tag on the volume one, if I'm being honest. Um, it was interesting and nice to make, but I, what I, I'm going to tell you, be honest, six pages, I don't know, without compromising the integrity of everything, I didn't know how to take that whole idea and put it into six pages without basically stepping on volume, because volume one was is the introduction to the world. Right. Yeah. And so without, like, if you had put that out on top of the volume one, it would mm -hmm. be a different story for me. I've been like, okay, yeah. I don't know what's going on here, but luckily I have volume one. By the time <laughs> no seriously this is because I read a lot of books I yeah. support a lot of indie comics by the time your comic comes out I've already forgotten about that it, oh yeah the, that that is why I insisted on having a mailing list which if you purchase that you should be a part of are you part of it I don't know because I got it because of course my face is in the in the cover I'm gonna lie on that one but I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like but I'll read it anyways and so when I, I like, I just kind of went, I don't remember if I bought it on the website. I think I bought it on the website because I bought all of the comics and mm -hmm. I like contacted Patrick and he sent me signed copies of a lot of them. Um, can, can I send you a message in here through uh, Zencaster right here? You can. Yeah. There you go. Sign up for the mailing list. The reason I insisted on that and uh, we kind of butted heads with management is because I said we have to have a way to retain people for volume one. Because, quite frankly, the ash can isn't going to do it. No, it's not. It's just, yeah. it, it wasn't enough of a grab. You need that hook to be like, I want more. I mm -hmm. came out more confused. And I was like, well, I don't understand where this is going. Like, because, of course, you know, when you read the description for what God Paul is supposed to be, like, oh, this sounds really cool. And then you read the six-page teaser, and you're like, I, I don't get mm -hmm. this. This doesn't do it. No, I believe me, you're not hurting my feelings at all <laughs> i would encourage you though to, to sign up to the mailing list because we are sending things continuously to every week to keep people on for volume one and my my job my idea and i talk with josh about this a lot and we've had some back and forth with management is volume one is where we wanted to start and I would like to make the ash can just like a tag with volume one. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That would have made yeah. more sense. That would have made more mm -hmm. sense. It just. Yeah. Like, we, we're I dealing feel... with a massive, a massive idea, like a massive universe. Yeah. It, that's what we tried to iterate a lot, a lot and a lot too. But like I said, when we signed with legacy, we wanted to follow legacy's program. And we also didn't want to compromise the work we'd already done. This was the compromise of all that. Yeah, and then the six pages was like five dollars, and it was ten ten dollars shipping. shipping. Yeah. yeah, I raised hell about that too. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you you were you were basically saying what I said. <laughs> it's like you're going to be like no, Pat I, I, no, Patrick no, no, no. knows I, me too, so you could be like Patrick. Just listen to this interview I did with the the Luke Brooks. Yeah. No, no, I I do not like throwing people on the bus. I don't like because every hey, there's there's quite frankly there's buttholes in every argument if it's once if one person's one thing 
that that's not how life goes. There's three sides of every story. See what I'm saying? So I get why Legacy wanted to do what it did, but I don't think Legacy understood what we were at the time. Gotcha. Okay. And if I had the, if I could go back in time, I probably would have fought for that a little bit more, but we're there's no bad, there's no bad blood. Yeah. You, all you can do is fill, fill forward and that's fine. And, and now when are yeah. you, replacing? this is releasing in the spring of next year. Yes. So I think it might even be better to put that teaser out a month before. I do too. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I'm just reading. I'm just. I'm just reading your thoughts at this point. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why I I launched the page. Uh, that was a point of contention between us and management. So, like, I created our own page because uh, management wanted us to sell 300 copies of the Ashcan. It's not going to happen because I'm not pushing the Ashcan the way I should because it's not the volume that it should be. Even if we did push it, because it's fifteen dollars for six pages. It's going to be a wonderful collector's item. It's got a beautiful, it's got beautiful art. I'm proud of the story we did with it, but I do not think it is a great introduction to our world, which is why I created a site where I could throw the lamentations up to at least give people a companion piece to at least continuously every week, give people something. Yes. Okay. That, yes. that I do like, that's not expressed mm -hmm. in that comic. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't 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 ask me to repeat the arguments we had about getting the site, the lamentations, and everything else involved with people giving it to people who purchased the ash can. What I had to do was create this mailing list, fight for the mailing list to send the stuff to people after it was purchased. I wanted it. I wanted to send people part of Kolga, uh, maybe a preview of the game, like six other things. When we negotiated, it whittled down to what it is. Gotcha. Okay. I'm also and that, like I said, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Patrick Hickey Jr. That's why. Oh, yeah, he's a and wonderful to man. Be, to be fair, to be fair, Patrick was not the sole operator of Legacy Comics, and a lot of flack did not come from Patrick. And the person who was giving flack is no longer with Legacy. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I yep. I love Patrick. You could tell me, talk to me. Yeah. He knows exactly who I am. Uh, we're friends. <laughs> Actually, did he did he ever tell you the story of how we met? He may have, but he talks a lot, man. He does talk <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. Wait, There's there nothing was, wrong with that. No, there was like a ColecoVision or something stupid con mm -hmm. convention around in New Jersey. And that's yeah. where I met him at. And they decided to have a star. She had just turned 18 and she was from the Disney channel. And oh, you know geez. what happens when you take a whole bunch of 50 year olds and six year olds? Because that's about what the ColecoVision generation was at this point, between 40 yeah. and 60, and give them an 18 year old woman. Yeah, I mean, I've, 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 seen, uh, I've seen animals tear each other apart. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> really creepy. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, yeah, that was, well, that was my only gripe is that I just didn't. didn't no, you, every I'm glad you've said it. I'm gonna be honest. Like, like I said, this is a weird way to start your career in comics. But I, at this point, I'm, I'm gonna can I go off on a tangent for just a second? Sure. And, and get super real and not ask for because a lot of you're you're going through hell right now. Um, over COVID, we lost my oldest brother to suicide. Oh, that's outside awful. of my parents' house. We were basically. 
even though we were seven years apart, we, we were essentially twins. We looked alike, sounded alike, had the same mannerisms, interests. You couldn't tell us apart. I knew if I didn't change, well, he didn't have a family, and that's the safeguard I have. But I knew if some things didn't change, that would be me next. Maybe not this year, but maybe in 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. I made a choice, and that's when Josh and I started making comics, was in that year, I said, screw it, I don't care anymore. And that involves, I, I genuinely don't care what anyone thinks about anything I do outside of my immediate family. So, I don't care if something like this is a stumble. I'm going to keep making stuff. I think the ash can is, is good for what it is as being a collector's item that people can have that like the world. But you're not you're not going to offend me, particularly when I agree 98% with what you've said. <laughs> so I say all that to say I'm just going to create and create and make and make. And if people join the Godfo universe, hopefully through better means in than previously introduced, they will not go unentertained and they will not ever be underwhelmed ever again. Yeah, you'll need a big marketing, I think, to really get off the ground after that initial six pages. I am also yeah. I'm also an extrovert. <laughs> I've been mm-hmm. I've been selling since I was about four years old. My father owned yeah. his own business. So um believe me like when I say that, you know, I've been in businesses and I understand, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's a there's I didn't mean to like again. I those were just no, some no, things because no. I I like no, indie I, comics. Kali, I want you to like what I have. If I let me get your contact information, I will send you everything we are sending Daryl, which we sent Daryl chapter one of volume one. Um, Ooh. that was supposed to be under wraps, but like I said, I I don't care anymore. Let me send you everything I have. Let me send you my ideas and plans. I would love to talk to you about that and get you involved in any way and uh, quite honestly get you making money in some way. Oh, I like money. If you could, if you could be, if you could be reimbursed through what I am doing, if if we can make a mutually beneficial relationship financially, I can't see any downside to it. Oh yeah. You can get my contact info. (laughs) Look at there. Look at there. All right. Yeah. I want to, I want to provide (laughs) a different opinion. Okay. All right. Someone who did. I like. think it's super sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to provide a different opinion. So yeah. now, granted, I've been involved um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have seen some of these sketches, some of the art, yeah, um, for a while, a couple years. Some of it, yeah. Uh, some of the Colga stuff I've seen for quite mm-hmm. quite a bit of time. So I've known kind of what's going on. So that might make me biased. That might make me. Um, it might taint my i no, guess that doesn't taint what that does is strengthens my argument because you have more information than i do and you're more interested <laughs> than i do am i right yeah well Colette, let me uh, not, not to go off again <laughs> but that's what i fault tried to fight for is say we need a framework we need context this is a big idea this is a big universe you can't drop people into it and that was the fight the fight we had until last week with legacy management and we it was a thing we kind of got into and this honestly is the best i've felt in months is hearing this come from someone else's mouth <laughs> not to interrupt there i'm so sorry to interrupt no 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 no, no you're good, you're this good. Is like the I, be- yeah this is the best i felt in months <laughs> like i said i've known about what's going on 
right? Yeah. I've, I've known like what, what the overall concept is. So when I got the ash can, I was like, oh, okay. Recreating, you know, the initial six days of creation, essentially, you know? Yeah. Now, I know it's not like a one-to-one, but I, I saw what you were doing. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I know, you know, the general idea where this is going. And I was like, I'm all about it. Now, as a ash can in general, I don't prefer them. I've bought, yeah. I bought a bunch of the legacy books uh, out of support. I love the general concepts. I bought the, uh, the job issue zero. And I think the job yeah. is going to win, going to be one of the best things coming out of legacy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the same. I mean, the teaser only went as far as, uh, let me, let me say this. Everything that Patrick posted on Instagram. Yep. That was all six pages. You know, mm-hmm. like it was already like, so he got on the show, he pimped the idea of the book and then he showed a bunch of concept, you know, a bunch of art kind of promoting and leading up to it, which I think is great. But then when I got the book, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I've already seen all this, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I understand the, I understand the concept behind the ash cans. And mm-hmm. I understand like, just like you're saying, Dan, if this is coming from a comic book collector, that when inevitably that when you guys l- launch your stuff, whether it takes off or not for anyone who buys in, this is a nice little collector piece, a little companion piece, you know, mm-hmm. typically these little prequel pieces come out kind of after the fact. So the fact that yeah. we know this is coming and we have this little prequel piece, it's cool. I think timing wise, not the best because mm-hmm. the book is so much farther out. Uh, but the beauty of what you guys are already doing is that you're constantly networking and constantly talking with people and these mm-hmm. different podcasts in various places. So like at the very least our audience, the people who bought in early, like they're gonna, they're gonna be on board. Like mm-hmm. what you guys are doing as far as grassroots stuff. Um, and you know, to kind of chime into something you mentioned earlier, the lamentations we've got a lot of big plans for that. And I say we as a collective, because some of us who are supporters of you guys and supporters of your work, uh, we're going to be involved in a project to kind of help bring and breathe life into some of those writings. And I think that is also extremely exciting Mm -hmm. and something that I think is going to be completely unique for what you guys are doing and how you guys are marketing the, the, this particular book or excuse me, this universe. I mean, it's not just a book. Yeah. I think the fact that you guys, you've got a, you've got a game b- being built. You've got the books, you've got the novel, you've got like all of these things that like all these tendrils. So that when mm-hmm. Godfoe universe emerges, those who got on board are, you're going to, you're going to hook them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to keep them and you're going to have so many different forms of media to influence and push your product. I think you guys have a really cool thing going. So that's my perspective on it. Um, yeah. You know, and like I said, as a comic book collector, ash cans, they're just, they're collector pieces. It's not my preferred way yeah. of doing, of getting comics, you know, uh, I'm a th- I'm a 36 but, plus, but uh, <laughs> but jo- but Josh's cover alone did make oh, it cool. It was awesome, super cool. Yeah, 
all the art in general, like his oh, yeah. his panel work and lack thereof was mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, when I was I, I draw I draw out everything I send him. Like that's mm-hmm. how I write the comics. I just drew like a border wall, and I was like, "Put cool sci-fi Akira stuff here." <laughs> <laughs> and then within like an hour, he had sent me that border. But no, I I, I can't. I honestly can't thank you enough for for your candidness. Oh, no that, problem. Yeah, that is like literally. If I were if I were a crying man, I would I would weep. Um, <laughs> Marketing no, so that, is very important. No, yeah, that one. That's a that's a fight we had for months, and you know, the, I think the Ashcan to me at least did its job on a on a material level of at least getting me the the contact information of the people who bought it, who had put in their, their email addresses so I could build, start building the site, start building things and start getting things to people. So yeah, let me get your, your contact information, like your email or something. I will send you everything I'm sending to Daryl and I would love your opinion on how our, this next step should go and could go. And like I said, I would love everyone involved on some way. Like I know we're working with Daryl, particularly with the limitations and another podcast as well. I would love anyone that benefits me to be benefited. Dope. Yeah. Freaking dope. Yep. I gotta say, um, I have, uh, I have read volume one. Good stuff. Thank you. Just a little Was that a, Just yeah, he sent you a chapter one of, yeah, chapter one of the volume. Yep. Yeah. And Josh, not, I'm not gonna go off on that, but like, yeah, we, we're giving people pages, man. Like, <laughs> Like it's it's gonna be like two hundred pages plus or something like that. It it I'm I'm gonna just uh, okay. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. The 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 big two are charging five dollars for like twenty two pages. Ten of those pages are ads, and then indie comics aren't doing that much better as far as like bang for your buck. At least the ones that do really well for some reason, like. I don't know, man. I, I really, my dream, I would love to go freaking Fugazi punk rock with it. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want to benefit people when they invest in my stuff. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. yeah. I think that's awesome. So, yeah. Um, so I want to kind of circle back and end things with the game. I know we kind of started yep. with that actually, uh, but I know I kind of wanted to get a little more information on the game. Um, what are your plans for it? You know, where are you at? How far along? What platforms are you planning on reaching out to? All right. Um, let me just second with saving that email. Uh, the the plan right now is I'm using an engine called RPG Maker, and I had to break that engine to basically build what it is. And it, it's it's cool. It's fun. I think it's good. I would if I could like to get a more pro game development side on it and i have some contacts with people like that who actually know coding and can get in there and polish it up a little bit my initial idea was to just get it to the audience the people who buy colga who invest in the comics and stuff but i have found that i could put it like on the switch probably get it into the PS2 or the PS2, God, the PS, <laughs> the PlayStation store and the Xbox store. Yep. Um, well, the main thing is that it's 32 bit instead of 64 bit. So I'm trying to figure out how I can actually convert it to 64 bit. But I mean, it's, it's a fun little game. Um, 
I'd like for everybody to get it. I'm not going to market it as like a game, game, game to to end all. You know, I'm not a, what's his name? Edmund from, that made a, that, from Team Meat, that made Super Meat Boy, those kind of dudes. Yeah, those dudes yeah. are video game makers. It's going to be cool. And uh, I, I think my initial audience is the Godfo universe people. And then I can probably expand it out from there because it is, it is a standalone game unto itself. And now I hope that answered the question. Sorry. Now yeah. this is more of an RPG or like a brawler? No, no, no. It's it's straight up like a dungeon crawler. Oh, it's a dungeon crawler. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I, I mean, I, I, I wish I could share my screen with you guys. I, I'll, I'll pull it up. But you're a, you're you're Kolga, and it's a prequel to the the comic series. So it's cool. It's not necessary. So people can enjoy it or they cannot. But you you can move in a eight directions, top down like old school Zelda and the dungeons are kind of built like old school Zelda and you fire a fireball projectile and you see through the same eye that you're firing uh fireballs out of. And so you see how the room and the reality actually is. So like you'll be fighting and you, maybe you can't get through a door or maybe something's shooting at you and you can't see you hold down this button, the map changes and you see a reverse version of it basically. And back and forth. Some bosses you can only do like while holding down the button. Some you have to go back and forth. Sometimes it teleports you. It's a it's a cool, neat little trick. I can't. I really can't wait to finish it. I'm about a right now. I'm a fourth of the way through it. I finished three of the twelve dungeons, and I've mapped out about seven or eight of them. I can finish about a dungeon in two weeks, but that's I work uh, work from home one week, work in the office one week, so it's taken about a month to do one dungeon. So I could have it finished in maybe like a year. Nice. But I just don't know when we'd want to release it. Like I said, I could finish it, and then I don't know if I want to release it as it is or if I want to bring it to some, you know, better developers to see if they could polish it up just a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Very cool. Well, Dan, man, you have definitely covered a lot of stuff. I think we've had some (laughs) great conversation tonight. So. I yeah. think that again, and th- th- I like the, I want to kind of zoom out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So from a host perspective, okay. Host of loot bros podcast from mm-hmm. a organizer perspective, from a, um, from a person who puts together a show, right. Whether oh, yeah. it's super involved and lots of notes or kind of just make sure you pick the right guests and hope for the best. Yeah. We have been on a bit of a streak here in the Loot Bros podcast where the right people have been on the right show and have had the right conversation. Tonight was another example of that. I yeah. think having you, Dan, and you, Kalai, here tonight has been great. I think that you, Kalai, got to have some awesome conversation and share your opinion with Dan, who completely was looking for exactly what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that having a writer on the show gave me a chance to talk with a writer about things that drive me crazy when it comes to writing. So I think it's been a really good conversation. Last so, week. Wait, I have one ahead. more question. I'm sorry, I have one yeah. more question for him. No, you're good. Yeah. Are, are you doing music for your? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in a band, I've been in a band for like 10 years. I'm right, but are you doing a... music for, how are you doing the music for your video game? My uh my synth player uh, John Seal is taking care of like the uh, the major dungeon. Oh, that's uh, cute. Over over um, what's the word I'm looking for? Overture. Uh, overtures. 
I majored in music, my God. <laughs> and and I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in with some of the uh, like the sound effects, the foley, and maybe like the boss music and that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm tone deaf. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're not missing much. <laughs> Ask Daryl. <laughs> it's it's a musician is a thankless job and it, and it should be because most musicians are terrible. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm one of them. But man, it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Daryl. It's, it's, no, it's it's the most purest form of art, I think. I mean, it's just when you when you're in there and like the amps are shaking like your bones and stuff and yes. Yes. yeah, and your bowels are about to explode from a beat you just dropped. Yeah. Yep. That is that's that's the life. That's what I want to yeah. live. I absolutely love it. So um well yeah, like I said, Dan, this conversation was great. Guys, last week's conversation, check out the Dead Space episode. That was great. Another example of the right people being on the right show at the right time. Not saying that we didn't miss you, Kali, but we had a great <laughs> conversation last week. This is another one. I look forward to seeing what you guys put together next week without me. I'm gonna be uh hanging out in Detroit with Kid Rock, you know what I'm saying? Doing doing Kid Rock stuff. <laughs> <laughs> please tell me that you're pitching your music to kid rock he's gonna ball with the ball that's right <laughs> my name is kid no, i'm gonna go over there and i'm gonna be like hey man i know you ain't got a joe c no more but how about a big d let's go he's like are you coming on to me oh like, yeah I mean, whatever it takes you know what i'm saying like we can talk politics we can talk breakdowns let's go rap rock baby let's bring it back so I just want to ride that giant middle finger to the sky. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that music video. I saw it, man. I, my favorite part was when Weird Al went to Twitter and was like, he's like, look, that's, that wasn't me. I'm sorry. People think it is. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I wish, I wish that was me. And it's not. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was the best part was I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be funny or if it was funny. Cause it was supposed to be serious. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's such a spectacle. He doesn't care anymore. Oh my gosh. He was having fun. He was, have fun yeah yeah. Uh, but yeah i gotta fly out to detroit for work so um this will be my first time going and hanging out there so i'm gonna go eat all the foods and yeah and do all the detroit well, stuff i want to i want to thank you guys and uh, everybody who's listening and uh, all the patreon support everything thanks for thanks for bearing with us bearing with me for two hours and uh, uh i hope your uh your night goes well everybody yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Kalai. Thank you for all the listeners, the Loot Bros, Patreon, patrons, all you guys. If you haven't yet, go check out the YouTube. Go check out the socials. We've been posting some stuff on the Instagrams. Um, Zach's supposed to be posting on Instagram. If he's not posting, everybody tell him he sucks. All right? Uh, <laughs> we miss Jack, Zach and we miss Joe. Uh, but you know what? We're better off without you. I'm just kidding. It was, it was good. It was a good night. <laughs> I miss you guys. I will be back in two weeks. You guys better have better grab onto your butts. I'm bringing Mr. Patrick Hickey Jr. so that he can share his side of the story. Oh God! <laughs> no, no, yeah. we're we're, um, we're bringing him. We're going to be talking comics, but we're going to be talking about games. We're going to talk about packs, all this stuff. So. I might have to be on that episode to be like, you, sh- um, you should, sir, Clay, please. I didn't please like that there. episode. It was just too short for me. <laughs> and um, Kalaya, I'm on. I'm technically on vacation family vacation uh this week until wednesday but i'll, I'll get you an email asap no oh, take your time wait, wait, wait. awesome <laughs> all right guys what i decided to do was to add the leaderboards and the uh backlog beat down everything to the end of the show i did not forget this time but since we had such a great conversation leading up to this point i didn't want to break it in half and then start adding everything to the middle so i decided to add it to the end so here we go starting off with the backlog beat down three if you want to be a part of our backlog beatdown? All you got to do is play some games right into the show. Send 
pictures of your trophy stamps, your achievement stamps, and or just the credits rolling on it saying, hey, I beat this, hashtag BLB3, uh, and we add you to our spreadsheet. This event runs one year long each each and every year. We do this. This is our third year in a row doing it. We'll do it again next year. It's been so successful and so much fun, um, and they just get bigger and bigger. So here we go. First place, I'm styling on your bro with 134 points. Second place, CJ Anderson with 94 points. Third place, Diego with 87. He took the lead. He beat me. Uh, next up, you got Resident Daryl with 85. You got Redbeard Rick with 76. You got Gareth uh, with 63. You got Joseph Priestley with 57. JT with 52. Uh, Jared, I draw boobies in Call of Duty manuals with number 33. You got Yield with 30. Uh, MZ with 28. Alex with 26. Kali with 22. James the Nerd with 21. Noah the Builder with 21. Zachary Ledford with 21. You got Sadik with 20. You got Tricky with 17. Dino Killer with 10. You got Homer with 9. Corey with 9. Spider Packs with 8. He actually beat Minecraft again and was like, how many points do I get for beating it again? I was like, you already got points this year, bud. You can't do it again until next year. You got BYU with 6. She'll be adding two more points here shortly. She and I are almost finished with... Well, I say almost finished. We're in... I don't even remember how far in with uh, Dark Knights with Poe and Monroe. Uh, you got Jim with five. You got John Michael with four. You got T-Bird with four. You got James McCall with three. You got Levi with two. And that is our backlog beatdown. Uh, let me click out of that. Next thing up, we're going to go with our true trophies leaderboard. In first place, you have Affectatious Donk. With 1,562 trophies. Good God, man. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. Second place, such a steep drop. The Grounded Gamer with 105. Redbeard Rick, 54. Mr. TMNT, 84 with 37. And then I'm bringing in fifth place with 36. Uh, I'll go ahead and read number, number six as well because we don't see this name too often. I'm Funny Hal with 32. So very, very, very good. Very good. And then we're going to switch on over to our true achievements leaderboard. You got Sadik in first place with 1,245 achievement points. You got Sony Pony to you with 1,090. In third place, you got I'm Styling on Your Bro with 610. Next up, you got GDI Master Ace with 440. And then the T-Bird with zero. That's pretty sad, though. It means that only four people in our Xbox group got achievements this past week out of 16 on the leaderboard. So uh, I, I kind of want to put this out there, a little PSA for all the Xbox players, myself included. I played I played Dead Space 2 on Xbox this past week. What else did I play? Oh, I played a little bit of Call of Duty Black Ops 2, but... I didn't have my game save and the cloud save wasn't working, so I had to start over. So a couple, I've already beat a couple missions, but I got to start that one over. So I did play on the Xbox a little bit, but I didn't make any, I didn't get any achievements. So there's that. Um, so unfortunately, I'd contributed to the delinquency of our Xbox leaderboards, but I definitely want to put a call to arms together. Our PlayStation leaderboard, we usually have as many people participating and achieving trophies every week as we have total in our Xbox leaderboard. So come on guys, rather the troops bring in all the Xbox 
surely with Game Pass, there's plenty of you out there. So come on out, play some games, pass some achievements, and join the fun. And then let's see what else we got. I don't think I have anything else for you guys. So that being said, I'm going to leave you with a song. I think this week we're going to do just an instrumental out. Instead of like a, a moving and grooving and heavy song, you know, a Ninja Loot song or a uh, um, something of that nature, I think I'm just going to leave you guys with an instrumental that I wrote, something that I may or may not have ever put on here. I don't know. I don't even know which one I'm choosing yet. I'm sitting here talking, recording, but I haven't even put the song in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you with a Resident Daryl instrumental. And I will be back here technically two weeks. So I'll see you guys then. I'll definitely be dropping new episodes of solo content on the Patreon. And I'm going to be, um, even though I'm going to be traveling with work, I will be spending some sweet, sweet time with the PlayStation Vita. I might even pop a platinum or two. Uh, I'm going to have some some flying, some layovers, and some um, some lonely nights in the hotel room. So I will be taking my Vita. I'm actually taking a PSP, a Vita, and my Switch. And I will be alternating between the three of them. I'm going to be playing some games. So, And because I will be by myself, I'm going to be staying up super late playing video games. Might just marathon the Snyder Cut over and over and over on the iPad while playing games. So, I'll definitely be back in two weeks with some cool stuff to talk about with you guys. And I'll be sharing um, uh, pictures from all over with my Vita in the Facebook group and the Discord. So you guys be on the lookout for that foolishness. Appreciate all of you guys for listening. This has been the Loot Bros Podcast, and we're officially out of here.